the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You give someone a gift and they want to pay you for it. Doesn't sound right, does it? Yet that's how we treat God when he hands us the gift of salvation. We'll talk about that more here today on Abounding Grace. Join us. A gift is just that, a gift. And God has given us the greatest gift ever, the gift of righteousness, the gift of salvation, the gift of crediting to us something his son has already done. And more often than not, sadly, we'll stand by and go, yeah, thanks for the gift, but I think I've got this one covered. And we don't. Let's talk about God's gift of righteousness today, shall we? Here on Abounding Grace is Pastor Gary Wagner with today's program. There is a fundamental need that unites us as the human race. We are all sinners, and we must all have righteousness. God's sword is going to fall upon us unless we all look to the Lord Jesus Christ and that he was struck down in our place. If we happen to be in a despised class of men for whatever reason, Who cares? If we have the Lord, our righteousness is enough for us. If God comes and preaches his son to us, he is going to make us clean. He's going to make us alive. He's going to give us the key and the title deed of heaven because he has declared us innocent and righteous before his throne in his son. There is a tremendous hope in this world in which we live. I know we don't hear much of hope today. But there is a tremendous hope. But it is only in the everlasting gospel of the ever-blessed God. There is where hope is. There are all kinds of false hopes out there. There is a false hope in big government. There's a false hope in universalism and in all this new world order stuff and their schemes that the city of man strives to erect. But understand what these things are. It is nothing but Satan and his thugs trying to kill man and the church. Remember that what Satan is. He is a murderer from the beginning. Satan does not even delight in having other people around him who are as evil as he is. He is in a league of his own, a class by himself. He is a hater, a destroyer, and a liar. And all of the schemes that we see around us are nothing but Satan and his deceived thugs whom he is using to try and distract, deceive, and kill the masses. Trying to enrich the powerful and his cronies upon the backs of the blind and the miserable and the wretched and the oppressed. So the world needs God's hope. There is only one thing that is going to deliver this world from wickedness 
We see in Romans 3.10.18, no fear of God before their eyes, mouths full of cursing and bitterness, feet always going out of the way, ruin and misery in everything we touch. There is only one thing, and that is for the righteousness of God to go out and be manifested in the hearts and the lives of men what his son has done for us by his life of obedience and by his death on the cross. The world is going to hear this again. There is only one prince of peace. There is only one unifying king. There is only one destroyer of the sin that fills the world with hatred and anger and murder and unjust wars. There is only one, and it is the Lord our righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he sends his gospel out to one and all. So we've got to go out and tell others. Don't sit back and say, I just want to hear about everything that God has done. Well, yes, we've got to start there. But if God has done it, and he puts a new song in our hearts and even prays unto our God for his great salvation, then here is the message. And without Jesus, it is very simple. You don't even have to have any letters behind your name because, and here's the message, without Jesus who is the righteousness of God, there is nothing but sin and death. Nothing but judgment faces this world. So our prayer must be, Arise, Son of Righteousness, with healing upon your wings. Heal me. Heal my family. Heal my nation. Heal my culture. Now, he has one more thing in verse 23 to really drive this home. For all have sinned, and fallen short, or come short, of the glory of God. Or you could say, miss the mark, as this verb actually means. You know, this is the truth that kills, pe- kills pride. It really does. And all of the elitism that so plagues the human race. For all have sinned. All have missed the mark. Well, what about the beauty queen that I saw on the Internet? She missed the mark. What about Donald Trump? He has missed the mark. What about Gary Wagner? Oh boy, has he ever missed the mark. It doesn't matter how smart a person is. It doesn't matter how talented. It doesn't matter how much technology one has. It doesn't matter. We have all missed the mark. And we have all fallen short of the glory of God. But verse 23 has really struck me. It's almost as if Paul puts this here to say, there is only one thing we should be concerned with in this life. You know, when I owned the bakery, I had several conversations with people, including my employees, about my faith. And one question I was constantly asked was, well, what do you think is the purpose of life? I would, of course, answer to glorify God Period. That is it. To glorify and enjoy him by implication. But the fundamental has to be there or we will never enjoy him. The only thing in this life with which we should be ultimately concerned with is God's majesty, God's honor, God's dominion, his faithfulness, his truthfulness, his justice, his mercy, and his love. God's glory is his highness. 
God's glory is his weightiness, as the Hebrew word fundamentally means, his impressiveness, his awesomeness. Moses said in Exodus 15:3, who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders. And God created you and me to reflect this glory as his image bears. Do we do it? No, we have run off the cliff and declared war against our maker, the Holy One. But God's glory remains untouched. His glory remains undiminished. It is the most significant and the most enduring thing in this universe. And no wonder we're so miserable when we make trivialities, when we make distractions the focus of our lives. No, God's glory is the focus of our life. Whether you buy into that truth or not is irrelevant because we don't live at Disneyland. We live in God's world. And in God's world, there is one thing around which everything else rotates of me and through me and to me are all things. To me will be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Whatsoever you do, do in word and deed, do all to the glory of God. But we have missed the mark. You have missed the mark. I have missed the mark. But we have even done worse than that. Sometimes we've even denied the mark. We've trampled the mark in the dust. We've replaced the mark with our own marks. You've heard them. It's my time. It's my life, my pleasure, my money, me. But understand... Paul teaches us here that God's glory is inescapable and every single man and woman and child will be held accountable to it and that we have fallen from it, run from it, denied it. And that should fill us with dread, my friends. Isaiah 2.10, enter into the rock and hide there in the dust for the fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. We live in a world, beloved, in which God's glory is inescapable. The the goal of history is that he will be all in all and that we would not be crushed by his majesty, utterly consigned to hell with the glory of his justice will burn unabated forever. We must embrace the Lord Jesus, our righteousness. We must cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, you must flee to him this instant. Because every time the gospel is preached of Christ and him crucified, he is the righteousness of God who opens the gates of heaven to you. God says today is the day of salvation. Oh, don't harden your hearts because the door may slam shut and you may die this evening and find yourself in the boiling chasm forever. There's no hope of mercy there. There's no fellowship with God. Do you remember in some of your bad times, when you called on the Lord and you felt some slight comfort coming up in your soul. Oh, there's none of that in hell. The Lord God was forsaken on the cross and he gives us a picture there of what hell will be like. There is no mercy. There is no hope. God does not hear prayer. The heavens are brass doors above you closed forever and there is nothing, nothing, says the Son of God, sweet Jesus, but weeping and gnashing of teeth and bitterness and hatred of Almighty God. So flee to Jesus Christ right now. 
If you do not have him, repent of your pride. Repent of your self-trusting delusions because let me tell you where history is actually going. Habakkuk 2.14. If you don't know this one, you need to be familiar with it. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That is what's happening. You might say, but certainly doesn't look like it to me. Oh, but it does. For me, it's very encouraging lately to see our nation judged. Now, don't get me wrong, because I know I'm guilty and deserving of it too. But I've been praying, and I know many of you have as well. Lord, lift yourself up and show the nations that they are but men and that you are the most high God over all the earth. And he is, because you can't print false money. And it will not last very long, because that is a claim to be God. You cannot commit murders all over the world in unjust wars, which is what they are. Because you cannot banish God and get away with it. Because his glory fills the heavens. And because of him and through him and to him all things. And if you declare war against him, you poor fools, you will be crushed beneath his majesty. So cling to the Lord Jesus Christ. Run to him. Our only covering and protection in this tidal wave of glory that is rising as I speak. And it never stops. No one can stop it. It is unchanging through the ages. And it is to look to the Lord our righteousness, Jesus Christ, to be clothed in him. And to look to his obedience and his sacrifice on the cross. And then you'll behold his glory. And you will be transformed by it. And three or four things will be true in your life. There are fruits in our lives for us to see. Are we clinging to the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we know the Lord our righteousness? If so, let me mention four things that will be true of your life. One is gratitude. Are you a thankful person? All believers have something in common. Now listen, we recognize that everything we have, every slice of bread, every cup of water, every hunk of steak, every plate of chicken fettuccine, every cherry pie, every automobile that gets us where we need to go, every time our home doesn't burn down while we're asleep, the health we enjoy, the children that we have, all of the blessings of the covenant, and above all, Jesus Christ being given to us to show us mercy to save us, we don't deserve any of it we deserve nothing but for our heads to be on the chopping block before divine justice and for him to say to me depart from me I never knew you I never loved you you are a reprobate and a rebel against my majesty you see that's why Paul presses us these glorious verses are about giving us righteousness uh, uh, our sin, uh, these are sin verses and they are so hard to swallow. But they are not. They are to create within us this deep gratitude so that our lives are filled living for Him. Second fruit, praise. Whatever you want to do with me, Lord. You saved me by your grace and mercy. You want me to be in this rough marriage, okay. 
I'm still going to glorify you. Think about Joseph. He was a slave. His brothers hated him. He had these dreams that he was going to be great. And he goes down to Egypt. And he was stripped naked as they always did in the slave market. How embarrassing that must have been. Joseph had spent time with Isaac. And he knew that God had delivered Isaac from being sacrificed right from Isaac's own mouth. Yet here he is at a slave market in Egypt. Then he is falsely accused and thrown in a dungeon for 10 years. And I could go on and on, pick any character in scripture. But at some point in Joseph's heart, there was this thought. God is my God. He has not forsaken me. He has put me in his covenant and shown me mercy. I'm going to be the best slave I can be. If I never get out of here, I'm going to live to his praise. That is what a life of thanksgiving and a life of praise comes from. Today, we are so miserable because we are so self-focused. Beloved, there's no joy except in praising God and singing his psalms. Praise God for his mercy. David starts out all of the hard psalms with, Oh God, my enemies are everywhere. They are about to kill me. I'm surrounded by lions. They're digging pits for me. My body is all broken. My bones are consumed. And then somewhere about that time, what does David do? Oh, stop looking at me. Oh, these things are true. But stop looking at me. Look at him who is my praise and who is my joy and who has been merciful to me. You see, we must say, Father, forgive me. Take my eyes off of myself, off of the difficulties I have with my children, off of the difficulties I have with my job. Beloved, life and joy is found in living to the praise of God. And we will never have that unless we see our sins honestly, unless we feel the bite of the law, and then we see Jesus who was crucified for us and obeyed for us and who is the Lord our righteousness. Praise be to you, Lord. Yes, I may have cancer. Yes, my husband may be a jerk. Yes, my wife may be cold and insensitive. Yes, I may have unruly children. I'm crying. I'm broken. But Lord, may you be praised. May you be glorified. My wife may have died. My husband may die. I did lose my job. I may lose my house. But my life is not about me that idol of the American culture. Life is about the glory of God, my friends, in the face of Jesus Christ. And everything outside of that is pure darkness, pure stupidity, pure distraction. How many millions of people slobber over the Super Bowl and the World Series, etc.? We haven't come very far from the Roman Empire, have we? Just give them bread and circuses. Just keep them distracted. But God says, of me and to me and through me are all things. I said there will be four fruits in your life as a Christian. The first one is thanks. The second one is praise. The third one is humility. Look at what God has done for me. I have nothing to boast in but Jesus Christ. I have nothing. If God has blessed me with X, Y, Z or with these talents, they are God's. 
and I must use them to glorify him. If someone has to confront me about sin, that's okay. I see how Jesus was confronted for my sins, and he bore the sword of justice that was against me. Humility. Are we known for our humility as Christians or for our pride? Are we as Christians known for our thankfulness or for our grumbling? Are we as Christians known for our cursing mouths or for mouths that are praising God? For most unbelievers in this culture, the only book of religion they ever are going to read is your life. That is the only thing they're ever going to read. The only words God may, may use to draw them to him will be our thankfulness and our praise. And when we humbly make no boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, that will be the only thing they hear that may awaken them from their death if God will perhaps grant them faith. What comes out of our mouths? Is it thanks? Is it praise? Is it humility? Or is it me? Is it my political beliefs? Is it what I want? The last fruit is obedience. Read Deuteronomy, particularly the first ten chapters. You'll see the same dynamic there. A sense of humility before God's goodness, leading to gratitude, leading then to obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Think about this. Jesus doesn't say, if you are afraid of me, keep my commandments. He didn't say, if you finally want to measure up and pay back what I have done for you, obey me. You see, that is one of the reasons so much of the church is in the grip of antinomianism today. Don't bother me about the Old Testament. Just give me the Holy Spirit and sweet Jesus and I'll be happy. Don't bother me with the details of God's law because cheap grace, a greasy cross, has diminished the majesty of God's word, but it didn't in the Savior's mind. He said, do you love me? Do you love me for obeying for you? Do you love me when I could have let you go? Do you love me that I have taken upon myself the full responsibility of your salvation? Do you love me for the 40 days in the wilderness and being tempted by the devil? Do you love me that I had no place to lay my head? Do you love me that I always did those things that pleased my father and humbled myself, even though I am the son of God, one with the father in glory forever beyond your comprehension? Do you love me for the way I obeyed for you? Do you love me for the way I died for you? You don't even have any clue, he says to us, of the curse that I bore for you. You can never know. It was my justice. It was my righteousness that was offended. It was my authority, but I took upon myself your flesh, stood in your place as your intercessor, the mediator. Do you love me for that? Do you love me for taking your hell, for tasting your death, and not just death, but the worst death, the death of a condemned criminal under the wrath of God? Do you love me for that? Then keep my commandments. And the Christian who looks to the Lamb of God in gratitude and love says, whatever you want me to do, Lord. Is this in Genesis? Sure. Is this in Deuteronomy? Sure. Is it in Malachi? Sure. Does this mean I have to change things around my house? Whatever you would like, Lord. 
Does it mean I'm going to have to confess some sins? Absolutely. Because if you love me, keep my commandments. And who is it we are loving? The Lord our righteousness, who has manifested for us in our filth, that we might be the righteousness of God in him, innocent before God's throne, forgiven of our sins, and adopted into God's family. Oh, how we must praise God. Jesus told his disciples one day, many righteous men and prophets had desired to see the things that you see, and they did not see them, and to hear the things that you are hearing, and they did not hear them. Beloved, this is the day of salvation. Look at what the Lord has done for you and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved now and forever, you and your house. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB, that stands for Post Mailbox, number 402-1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is 95032. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.